Check this out. Did you guys, have you guys seen, I think it's Brazil's mascot for uh, the vaccines, for vaccination. What, they have a mascot? Yeah, they, they have a mascot. Uh, a I'm going to send bird? the, no, I'm going to send, I sent the picture in the group chat, but it's, <laughs> to describe it to the best of my abilities, it's a guy in a full Ku Klux Klan uh, jumpsuit oh, no. <laughs> with a blue plus on his shirt that says sus. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty sus. <laughs> they should have gone the uh, green M M&M and M route and just made like a really fuckable looking COVID yeah, molecule, right. and that's like how you sell. Right, right. Oh, I thought they you meant this... the man at first. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> they have this clansman posing with kids getting their vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> Bolsonaro is gonna fight him on live TV. <laughs> yeah. So, is Brazil one of those countries that's getting their vaccines from uh, Russia and China, or did Bolsonaro develop his own vaccine based off his blood, since he had it, like, five times himself? Probably the latter. Yeah, I'd like to believe so. We would never let anyone in the Western Hemisphere receive anything from those commie bastards in oh the God. Chinese Communist Party and fucking Russia. <laughs> So yeah. there's there's two different. I found a picture of a Bolsonaro dapping him up actually. So I don't know if they're gonna fight. Uh, <laughs> the, the the one guy. So it looks like they have a few different variants. Uh, and the one okay. that like you know hangs out with Bolsonaro, he doesn't look as KKK. Like he has like he looks more like a mascot. He's got a big head and shit. Looks more like a, a drop of water. He's, okay. he's still sus, but then there's another guy that goes and meets the kids, and he just looks like like a KKK like ninja yeah. that no, like he literally, attacks you in the middle of the night on your lawn. He literally just has a pillowcase over his head. It's and it's it's pointy <laughs> as hell. It doesn't it, it doesn't it, they could have gone two points. It didn't have to be one point. Yeah, they could have gone any direction. Well, when you go to like the Far East and you're talking like Japan, China, Taiwanese culture, there's a lot of like respect and reverence for the Nazis because they were seen as fighting for like a similar cause. It's like the Japanese Imperial Project. So mm-hmm. you got to figure in Brazil, it's got to be the same way where it's like they're under the. Uh... Anyone remember that? Who's the president who declared that uh, the South would be our colonies from now on and not Europe's? Truman? Marshall? I don't One know. One of them. <laughs> Not fucking important. One of our previous pedophile leaders declared we were in charge of everything, and therefore... Oh, Monroe, the... maybe? Oh, yeah, there we go. It's Monroe. Thank you, thank you. His name sounds more like a sexual move than a leader of America. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the Monroe, uh, he, baby. He monroe him. Yeah. But yeah, under the uh, same idea as the Far East's obsession with Nazis, why wouldn't the Global South like the Klan? That's a symbol of yeah. imperial power and the kind of imperial power that keeps them in charge. Uh, this is a comedy f- show, folks. Welcome back. This is the cold open, fellas. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this is fucking, oh my god. Getting uh, fucking icy out here. It really is. What was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see uh, Trudeau and Biden are finally going to have their big sit-down meeting? About, um, I did see that, yeah. yeah Biden canceling the fucking pipeline then no, they're actually wants. they're actually talking about what's the best method to do blackface yes exactly <laughs> two experts in it it is really funny <laughs> that the last time trudeau tried to fucking talk to biden about this he got kamala <laughs> he got put on the line <laughs> with kamala him and fucking god emperor macron in france yeah i was gonna say hasn't that been happening to a bunch of uh, world leaders 
Yeah, yeah, just just like our cucked colonies like France and Canada, and it's very, very fucking funny to see happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kamala and Trudeau just had nothing to talk about except uh, <laughs> Tupac. Very <laughs> Trudeau funny. Trudeau was cool. like, uh, <laughs> awkward. Uh, did you guys see State Senator Amanda Chase in Virginia refuses to wear a, uh, a mask, you know, during the Senate sessions? Oh, is she so the they, one they put in the box? Yeah, they put her in a giant clear box. <laughs> <laughs> Here's yeah, the Republican she... Party putting white women on pedestals again. You hate to see it, folks. On yeah. pedestals and in boxes. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, you figure Virginia is a state bought and sold by Michael Bloomberg, so as far as sticking women into boxes where you cannot hear what they're saying, I mean, they have an expert in charge, and you just love to see that, folks. <laughs> the real professionals yeah. are back in charge with the Democratic Party this year. <laughs> I uh, have some breaking, breaking fucking news for you folks. Okay. Uh, there is a CPAC still, it will take place next week, and Donald Trump will be speaking. What? Yes. Let's go, baby, he's back. Is it 2019 right now? What the fuck? I don't know. I'm just happy they're doing the CPAC, because when they canceled it last year, I thought, like, that was it. We weren't going to get our big loud boy, but now we're going to get a three-hour speech he's going to call Kamala Harris. <laughs> uh, Be careful here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm inventing a new slur like uh, Navalny does for the Georgians. Uh, we'll be getting into that a little bit later. <laughs> Rest assured, folks, whatever slur Donald Trump invents for Kamala Harris will be pointed and true. Thank you, Mr. President. Welcome back, sir. <laughs> Death Squad, the number one leftist podcast opposed to Georgian slime. I am your host, Joseph <laughs> Navalny. Uh, I'm... I don't have anything. I am Joseph Navalny. This is Danny Putin. Joining us on <laughs> okay. the ones and twos in the sense that he likes to press numbers because he is autistic. We have uh, Matthew Chechen? I don't know. I was going to say Matt Cartvello. Yeah, that is better. Matt Cartvello? <laughs> yeah, that's better. Uh, moving on, folks. Uh, we're coming at you a little bit later this week because we had an entire episode planned out and recorded until Chapo dropped theirs, and they just talked about the same things, but better, smarter, and funnier. Yeah, they stole uh, it all from us. That's correct. Chapo's stolen my intellectual <laughs> property. I will be... Uh, compiling kinetic warfare against the Parkside Manor. I will be doing no Russian against Felix Biederman. Thank you. Yeah, Matt Christman is stealing my thoughts. <laughs> okay, uh, but while we did have to scrap uh, an entire episode this week, we're we're still staying with our roots with um, <laughs> a story that comes straight from Twitter, folks. We're going to open up this week talking about uh, maybe one of the most prolific falls from public uh, favor I have ever seen in my life in Andrew Cuomo. 
famously descended from Mario Cuomo of Vote for Cuomo, Not the Homo fame, the governor of New York recently did a mob-style hit on all of the old people and sent the COVID-positive people into the nursing homes and then lied about it to the government, which is a lot of fun. I support lying to the government in all situations, except those that are deemed kinetically Italian. <laughs> yeah, um... It's very fun that Cuomo did, like, the exact same things that Trump was doing for COVID, but, of course, the liberals are defending Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo and Donald Trump are both New York Democrats in the most literal sense. They believe the exact same thing. They go to the same parties. They eat at the same bad food restaurants. That's just how it works. <laughs> I found out the other day that Andrew Cuomo, for, like, 15 years, dated this, like, the worst chef that's, like, ever been on Food Network. Uh... <laughs> Like, universally hated, because, like, she wouldn't, like, cook food. She'd just, like, unpack a bunch of shit and throw it together. Damn, Andrew Cuomo dated Paula Deen? Andrew Cuomo dated Paula (laughs) Deen and tricked her into saying the word. This is a Paula (laughs) Deen defense podcast. Uh, Yeah, Andrew um, just wanted me to call him it. Yeah, but uh, when he decided to, uh, once again, just own a whole generation of old people in New York, and now he's finally actually being, uh... He's actually got people coming out of the Democratic woodwork to call him out on this. Uh, Bill de Blasio has been looking for a W on Cuomo ever since this thing began, and good God has Cuomo dropped it into his lap. Cuomo was the number one choice, besides Michelle Obama, of course, for 2024 Democratic primary polling. That is so pathetic. And he's fallen back to his normal stage of weird Italian governor who uh, definitely does not fuck. (laughs) Okay. But let's let's get into his gubernatorial race, shall we? Let's let's get into how he got into this position in the first place. Yes, Cuomo has, of course, been the political kingmaker of New York for uh, the better part of my life and presumably yours, listeners at home. <laughs> uh, but it did have to start somewhere, and it started in, I think it's 1988, with his Make New York Great Again, I Shit You Not gubernatorial campaign. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um... So we have this, this guy, Jeff Hannon, did a really long thread on Twitter uh, talking about his time um, running. Well, he worked for his uncle's campaign who was running against Cuomo, and he's bringing some things to light, shall we say. (laughs) So let's, let's just start here. My story doesn't accuse Governor Andrew Cuomo of anything illegal or corrupt, but I think it sheds some light on the kind of person he is. When I was a 23-year-old staffer for my uncle Carl Palladino's gubernatorial campaign, his campaign catfished me on a gay website. Super fucking cool, man. Oh, my God. His uncle was, of course, you know, the Republican equivalent to Andrew Cuomo, so it was someone who was doing crimes for the mob, but in a much worse way. Yeah. Well, everyone knows the Cuomo and the Palladino families uh, came together and founded the Cosa Nostra hundreds of years ago. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, Uncle Carl Palladino, he's he's quite a character himself. Uh, He was, uh, of course, he was a lifelong Democrat until 2005. Uh, (laughs) In his gubernatorial race, he was endorsed by the Tea Party, uh, and Roger Stone was an advisor to to his campaign. Um... 
He's had some he's had some scandals in the past. Uh, this is all coming from his Wikipedia. In 2016, he was asked by you know some journalist, some some publication, what he would like to see in 2017. He said, and I quote. Obama catches mad cow disease after being caught having relations with a cow. That's he a dies podcast before... callback right there. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> come on, man. You've already got David Cameron in the UK. You can already see, if you picture it in your mind's eye, any politician fucking a pig because we've seen evidence of it. <laughs> How far of a jump is really a cow? He dies before his trial and is buried in a cow pasture next to senior White House advisor Valerie Jarrett, who died weeks prior after being convicted of sedition and treason when a jihadi cellmate mistook her for being a nice person and decapitated her. (laughs) (laughs) Mistook her for being a nice person. How weird would it be if that actually happened and that was like a chapter in the history books? They were like, I yeah, love- one of the presidents fucked a cow and then got mad cow disease, which isn't how you get mad cow disease. And then he died. And then they died. buried him in a cow, they buried him a cow graveyard. Yeah, they, they gave him a presidential funeral, but in a cow pasture next to the, uh, the advisor who actually, uh, was tried for treason before, but, uh, her cellmate decapitated her. <laughs> okay, okay, but that's, that's not the end of his comments, okay? Then he was asked what he'd like to see go in 2017, right? You know, what do we want to get rid of this year? He replied with, quote, Michelle Obama, I'd like her to return to being a male and let loose in the outback of Zimbabwe, where she lives, <laughs> where she lives comfortably in a cave with Maxi the gorilla. Wee woo, so, wee woo, wee woo. Uh, Maxi the gorilla yeah. doesn't live in Zimbabwe. Gorillas don't live in Zimbabwe. <laughs> That's far too south for them to live. Yeah, fucking idiot. Not even fact checking the <laughs> racism. Fucking idiot. Oh, yeah. Maybe if he said Gabon, it would have worked. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, okay, that one, that one really got him in some hot water. Uh, When asked if he had made the comments by the Buffalo News, he said, quote, of course I did. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, this, this, if you were voting uh, for the New York governor in 2010, it was between Andrew Cuomo and this guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking amazing, man. Just the Republican Party is such a fucking joke in New York. If they can't get Bloomberg to buy the election, they're just like, whatever, put on the racist dad. He'll still get 45%, which is definitely our ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the the thread goes on. Back in 2010, I was 23, recently graduated, gay, living in Buffalo, and believed with all my heart that my uncle was going to clean up our state government and finally bring prosperity to my bu- my beloved Buffalo, and more broadly speaking, upstate New York. <laughs> Worried about cleaning up upstate New York is 97% white, not enough for you people? <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Uh, Leading up to the 2010 campaign, following all the political blogs, I had become fed up with New York State's corrupt Democratic Party machine. First, it was Cuomo's shadow campaign that pushed David Peterson, our first black governor, out of the race. Hey, but he was replaced with an Italian, an equally or more oppressed person of color. (laughs) Even more infuriating was when our newly elected uh, Democratic Senate 
failed to pass marriage equality in 2009. Now, this is famously opposed by Hillary Clinton. There's videos of her on the New York Senate floor talking about how gays should never have the right to be married because it goes against God and whatnot. Naturally, naturally. It's just, eh, you know? (laughs) It was summer of 2010, and I was a campaign aide and social media volunteer coordinator. We reached a tip that A.G. Cuomo was making a secret campaign stop at the Wyoming County Fair outside Buffalo on his Make New York Great Again tour. (laughs) Attorney General of New York, so he was just personally, like, responsible for going up to cops and be like, he didn't do it, and if he didn't do it, so what? Yeah, isn't that awesome? He's running for, uh, he's the attorney general and he's running on making New York great again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does right. Buddy, that's your job. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing right now, homie? It was, it's the same Trump strategy as running as if you hadn't been the president. Yeah. <laughs> we jumped at the opportunity to try and get him to take a position on a number of hot-button issues at the time. Up until then, he'd avoided actually campaigning and taking any public stances on any issue. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't believe in anything, and he doesn't have to. That's the that's nature the classic of the Democrat. That's the classic Democrat playbook. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we got there just in time and had a volunteer dress up in a duck costume and hold signs saying Cuomo needs to stop ducking the issues. That's so, we like, all... 2010, like, Yeah, that's politics. Yeah. amazing Republican OPSEC. This was, like, oh. the number one news story in the country for three hold on. months. Hold it, it gets it gets better. We all had duck calls and blew them as loud as we could. <laughs> the New York Republican Party, we are annoying! <laughs> Cool, dude. (laughs) We followed them around the fairgrounds for a good 10 minutes without any pushback from the sheriffs. I remember it like it was yesterday. The look on his face and the anger in his eyes when he looked me directly in the eyes and said, You're going to pay for this. Yeah, this guy is (laughs) floating down the Hudson River right now. Dude, uh, (laughs) like five people in duck costumes are following you around blowing duck calls and you're like you i'm gonna be you you'll rue the day you did this to me yeah, like, i'm calling the mafia duck is what an italianophobic slur hey uh spoiler alert cuomo won the election against this kid's uncle by two to one easily easily not even a fucking question man it was a <laughs> blowout but he was so concerned about these people blowing duck calls <laughs> It was a personal insult to him. That's how this guy acts. (laughs) That's what he fucking believes in, man. It's anti-Italian. Yeah. Then one of his body men tackled me, said some disparaging remarks, and it was over. I didn't think much of it then, but shortly thereafter, I met a man on a gay website who went by the name Daniel Wilhelm. He was so <laughs> handsome and charming. It's Daniel so Wilhelm, they made Bill de Blasio do it. Exactly! <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> God, that's awesome. He is handsome and charming. Uh, we exchanged photos right away, traded phone numbers, and started talking on the phone nightly. We really hit it off over the phone. He shared with me some of his deepest and darkest secrets about his childhood and his family, and I did the same. I'm just imagining that it was actually Andrew Cuomo on the other line, of, and he was just talking <laughs> about Chris Cuomo and how <laughs> he's never right to my mother. So some people on Twitter speculate that it might have been Chris Cuomo was pretending to be Daniel Wilhelm. <laughs> oh, it might have been him personally. Wow. <laughs> well, he's got I mean, there's that no, fucking, there's, he's got there's that nothing to suggest voice. that, but. 
Yeah. I picture them in the same room, and Andrew's like, all right, all right, tell him, tell him the. the <laughs> Yeah. Andrew calls Chris. He's like, hey, you want to get off? That's like, that's always Andrew sunny Cuomo episode. He's probably the most deeply closeted man in our country. Like, he's yeah. definitely like, yeah, yeah, now ask him about his day and how it's going. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now ask him if he ever gets scared. Very <laughs> <laughs> his soul through his idiot brother, who he definitely fucks, by the way. I wonder if his nipples were pierced at this point. Yeah, they're connected to a car battery. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Cuomo just has to drain him like a faucet every night. <laughs> Alright. We made plans to meet that always somehow fell apart. I told him about my personal issues with my uncle and my work drama, including issues with campaign co-workers. Some of our conversations would last for hours and go until 2 or 3 a.m. I fell in love with him. So I imagine Chris Cuomo like laying on his bed, or laying on his bed on his stomach with his feet like up in the <laughs> kicking, air kicking. Kicking behind yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. On the he's phone on with this guy. He's on a cord phone still. <laughs> yeah, he's twirling he's, the cord yeah. with his finger. <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> uh, this lasted for most of August, and then he ghosted me and disappeared. <laughs> his phone went straight to voicemail and his online account was deleted. I was heartbroken and devastated. This was like fucking 2009, so it's like ghosting wasn't even a term at the time. He just thought this person had been killed for being gay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, a month later, we beat Rick Lazio in the Republican primary. <laughs> God damn. Rick Such Lazio, a Republican it's a fucking, it's a fucking wop off this race. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Like... <laughs> All of a sudden, shit got real. A few weeks after the shocking upset on Columbus Day weekend, my uncle made some disgusting homophobic statements while speaking to a group of ultra-Orthodox Jews in Williamsburg. This was the uncle, once again, who said to release the gorilla man Michelle Obama back into Zimbabwe. So I'm yeah. sure whatever he said about uh, the gays to uh, the fucking Hasids was very normal, man. So I read a little bit about that, and apparently whoever, like, the head rabbi was wrote the entire speech. <laughs> uh, That's yeah. how you and win Paladino the just vote. like, cool. Yeah, yeah. You bend the knee, then they bend the knee. That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, you can respect a principled people, if nothing else. So, so after, this, uh, after this whole, you know, scandal with the homophobia, homophobic remarks, uh, he says, Within the hour, I started to receive texts and phone calls. First, it was from my family and friends, then the press. And then the next day, out of the blue, Daniel Wilhelm reappeared. <laughs> he had interviews already lined up for me with his friends at People Magazine, Good Morning America, and CNN, and wanted me to fly down to New York City that night to tell my story. I immediately hung up after realizing what had happened. I had been catfished by Andrew Cuomo's campaign. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Maybe by Andrew Cuomo himself. <laughs> yeah. So Andrew Cuomo looked this kid in the eyes at the uh, at, at that thing that he was talking yeah, about. When with they the did duck the calls. Ri ridiculous he, duck fucking thing. He stared into his soul and was like, this kid's gay. Let's catfish him. Chris, get on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel's phone number was deactivated. His photo was of some male model and his stories were all made up. I had been tricked. Not only had I been catfished, but I had also unintentionally be been feeding this man all sorts of deeply personal information about me and my family. This is like in the newest season of Fargo when they sent uh, Jason Schwartzman's character out to uh, the Irish family. 
Yeah. And when he's talking about it, he's like, I met the devil once. He was an Irishman. <laughs> Same thing, but it's the Italians, like it uh, always has been. Uh, I was also furious with my uncle and co-workers, who I had felt had thrown me under the bus. I became depressed and suicidal. So that That is pretty fucked up. I mean, this kid did nothing. Yeah, yeah, this was a gay kid who tried to work on his idiot uncle's campaign to launder money for the new for what remains of the New York City Mafia, and <laughs> ended up all over the tabloids because Andrew Cuomo decided he would ruin him in between yeah. shooting himself with 600 volts every night just to try and maintain an erection. <laughs> yeah. Though I didn't make any public statements or agree to any interviews, my face ended up plastered all over the New York City tabloids and the internet anyway. That is fucked up. I mean... It's awful. I'm sure Chris Cuomo, though, was like, uh, after it was all said and done, like, he kept asking Andrew, he's like, hey, so when do I get to text my friend? And Andrew's like, no, no, <laughs> idiot, you don't. He, like, slaps him he's on the back your of the head. He's like, you don't <laughs> talk to him anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess this article really doesn't say all that much about, you know, politics in that... I'm sure this guy's uncle was a horrible fucking reprobate every bit as bad as Andrew Cuomo, but it does mm. speak to the soul of Andrew Cuomo and the lack thereof more than anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, this guy is a monster. His only goal is power, and he works accordingly to achieve it. Yeah. Okay, this is, this is the last paragraph here. I will remember Daniel's voice for the rest of my life. So right off, right, right there, right at the first sentence. Andrew Cuomo scarred this person for the rest of his life. Oh, absolutely. He fucked with this gay man in, like, ways... He, he, he fucked with him Saw 3 style. <laughs> in fucking, like, 2010, too, when it was, like... Like, it had to be fucking hard. Yeah. Uh, I have my suspicions who that person is, but it's not even important at this point. The bottom line is what kind of person would catfish a 23-year-old to win a campaign. That man is Andrew Cuomo. And again... Cuomo won this election by a massive landslide. Two he to did one, not by a have to do this. Margin. Yeah, that's the thing. He didn't do it to win the campaign. He was always going to win the campaign. He did it to just ruin this kid's life because he fucking yeah. blew a duck noisemaker behind him. A hundred percent. It was a personal grudge. Absolutely, a personal vendetta. And like I said, this kid is going to be the last person ever killed by the Gambino crime family <laughs> while they're in and out of prison. <laughs> Before QAnon wipes them all out. Yeah, before QAnon ends the mafia in America forever. No disrespect to the Gambino crime family, of course. Or, or to the QAnon crime family, either way. <laughs> Don't shoot me in the chest. Hey, you get shot in the chest, you get an open casket funeral. It's respectful. <laughs> They'll still take our jewelry. Yeah, they take Andrew Cuomo's nipple rings off. <laughs> Talking about Alexei Navalny. Uh, 
if you are not completely fucking brain poisoned and you don't read about Russian <laughs> politics on a day-to-day -day basis, Alexei Navalny is the opposition leader in Russia right now who has inspired massive, massive protest, quote-unquote inspired, quote-unquote the CIA. Uh, <laughs> massive, <laughs> massive protests in Russia uh, yeah. against Putin's autocratic right-wing rule. So we yeah. thought it might be a good time to talk about who Alexei Navalny is as, as a person, which is someone who right. invents new slurs for the Georgian people. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, beyond being a bloody right-wing, years-of-lead type psychopath, the kind America loves to love, <laughs> he is also probably one of the most savvy political operators I have ever seen in my lifetime. He has released two statements to the Western media this week, and they are two of the smartest things I've ever seen any politician do. Easily. Okay. The day before he was arrested, he said, In the words of my uh, favorite uh, philosopher, uh, Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> and who cares what he said what? after that? Yeah, fucking amazing fucking red wow. dot site on the liberal, like, libidinal obsession with Harry Potter. Yeah. Wait, he actually said that? Literally, I'm not making this up, Matt. This oh is not a God. bit. And then... Today, as he was being arrested, he quoted Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you... Holy I mean, shit. A fucking... This guy's a fascist psychopath, but game respect game, right? Holy <laughs> shit. He does sort of resemble, like, a young Willem Dafoe, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he knows just the exact right thing. He had the pulse on the liberal movement. He caught the epic Elon Musk bacon yeah. contingent in America. He's got it. Yeah. He figured it out. All right. So let's let's get into this article, then. Um, we've got uh, an Atlantic article this week called, Is Alexei Navalny a liberal or a nationalist? While his positions are broadly endorsed by Russia's opposition, some have voiced alarm about past ethnically charged statements by, <laughs> by Robert Coulson. Voiced alarm about past ethnically charged statements. <laughs> yeah. That's what Donald Trump does, too. This is the liberal response right. to him. This article is, of course, coming from The Atlantic, which is our favorite magazine that sold us the Iraq War. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit older now, but... uh. The quotes still apply, folks, so let's get into it. Let's get right into it. It starts out here. Alexei Navalny has been called the best hope for liberalization in Russia. By the CIA. And he's been called, yeah, and he has been called the most dangerous man in the country. By so liberals in that, Russia. I feel that, though. Like, being called the most dangerous man in the country, like, coming from being called the most dangerous man in America, I can relate. <laughs> the most it's dangerous... Pretty Man in Russia, too, so, like, just with dash cam videos of, like, explosions and just, like, tanks hitting each other on their highways, this guy's doing more damage. That's pretty impressive. It's also fun that he's the best hope for liberalization in Russia, like, uh, the United States didn't throw a liberal coup in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we didn't install Putin. Personally, specifically. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But that's no yeah, longer they, politically they, they, they... expedient to remember. So now Putin yeah. is a Cold War enemy who, with an economy the size of Ohio, has changed the course <laughs> of every American election. Yeah. You'd love to see it, folks. Yeah. 
So, <clears throat> Navalny has risen quickly to become the de facto head of Russia's anti-Kremlin opposition, a rise based almost entirely on his relentless exposure of high-level hypocrisy and corruption and his consistent demand for fair elections. The sort of hypocrisy being like he finds a white politician in Putin's government who's married to a Chechen, and then he burns <laughs> them both at the stake. <laughs> Uh, while those positions are broadly endorsed by Russia's liberals, some have voiced alarm about Navalny's association with ethnic Russian nationalists and about some of his statements that they say are dangerously inflammatory. Positions broadly endorsed by Russia's liberals, such as the raising of the Caucasus Mountains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now that he is the leading opposition candidate in the September 8th mayoral election in Moscow, his past positions are coming under increased scrutiny, including by some who have coordinated the opposition to President Vladimir Putin's rule for more than a decade. Yeah, it's really a good sign when the people who you're on the same team as is just like, hey, who is this guy and why is he our guy? Yeah, it's, it's like Shahid Bazaar. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Uh, controversially, Navalny has participated in the annual Russian March, a parade uniting Russian nationalist groups of all stripes. <laughs> he has also endorsed a nationalist-led campaign called Stop Feeding the Caucasus. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is called for ending federal subsidies to the, quote, corrupt and ineffective governments of Chechnya and other North Caucasus republics. Stop feeding the Caucasus. He's like a fucking... Ukrainian kulak. Like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> oh my god. This is the welfare queens for Russia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quote, Those of us who are here, we know and believe that there are also normal people in the Caucasus. Also normal people. That's <laughs> <laughs> not, not only those freaks who are in power, we know there are girls there whose life's ambition is not about being wrapped up in a burqa and having 25 children, but about living a decent life like humans. Yeah, not humans, Jesus of Christ. Course. There are young people who want to study and work, and their ideal of life is not a Porsche Cayenne and a golden gun. He told us, <laughs> what? He told us, stop feeding the caucuses rally in October 2011. He's invoking Saudi imagery for just, like, poor caucus peasants who are just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> converted to Islam over the last couple centuries to survive Russian aggression. Yeah. Um, he also supported Russia in its war against Georgia in August 2008, using a derogatory term for Georgians in some of his blog posts, <laughs> some of his blog posts, and calling for all Georgians to be expelled from Russia. He has since apologized for using the racist epithet, but says he stands by the other positions he took at the time. So he's not going to say the word, but they all still have to get the fuck out immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What would be fun is show a picture of Joseph Stalin and make him disparage the greatest Georgian known to the world directly. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, wouldn't do it. I don't think he would do it. It's literally electoral suicide in Russia because he's why that country has power. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... He has at various times called for deporting illegal immigrants and introducing a visa regime for the countries of Central Asia. <laughs> there are too many Kyrgyz in this restaurant. He's like the Nazi uh, gun store owner and falling down, but he's like, I know why you did it. On You go to that Borscht restaurant, it's all Kyrgyz in there. You see on the commercials, it's all nice Russians in there, but you go, it's filled with Kyrgyz. <laughs> you see the Pizza Hut commercial with Gorbachev. <laughs> Uh, so it goes on, Engelina Tarayeva, 
who worked with Nalvani when he was a member of the liberal Yabloko party before he was expelled in 2007, has accused Wait him a of- second. Yes? So Yabloka is Apple in Russian. Is that the Apple party? <laughs> yeah, Steve Jobs founded it. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Big America number one party, yes. Yeah. Uh, she's accused him of routinely using racial slurs and basing his relations with people on their ethnicity. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I could quote, I consider Alexei Navalny the most dangerous man in Russia, uh, Tarayevo has written. You don't have to be a genius to understand that the most horrific thing that could happen in our country would be the nationalists coming to power. Exactly. This guy is a blood and soil nationalist. This person is living under the Putin regime and thinks this guy is more dangerous than Putin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how else to say that. Yeah. Navalny has flatly rejected Tarayeva's charges. Moreover, Navalny has rejected the widespread notion that discussing issues important to ethnic Russians will necessarily lead to neo-Nazism. Because <laughs> it famously hasn't. Yeah, yeah. Famously, there isn't a whole country called Ukraine devoted to that. <laughs> Uh, in an interview in January, Navalny laid out the main points of the so-called nationalist agenda, including combating illegal immigration and ethnically based organized crime groups, protecting ethnic Russians abroad, and bringing order to the North Caucasus, which he has called a de facto lawless offshore zone. So this is the no-go zones they talk about in London, in a, the fucking UK, or in America when there's like, you know, three black families living on the same block. Um, right. Combating illegal immigration and ethnically based organized crime groups like MS-13 or <laughs> illegal immigration like caravan hordes. It's almost like this guy is Russian Donald Trump and yeah. uh, the yeah. liberal position is to support him. Yeah. Um, he called for an open discussion of all these issues, which he prefers to call a, quote, realistic agenda in order to develop policies that will prevent ethnic conflict. Like, this once is again, a... the forcible removal of Georgians from the country of Russia. Yeah, yeah. This is a basic, realistic agenda, he said. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not be crazy. Yeah. He's not a it... neo-Nazi, he's a race realist. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. It exists, but for some reason, many in the liberal movement think that all these questions have to be suppressed, because a discussion of them would mean the mythical dark side of the soul of the Russian people will be inflamed, and the Russian people will immediately produce a Hitler and so on. This is absolute nonsense. Absolutely. Like I said, they've exported that. It's another country now. They took the parts they needed off of it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Navalny also said that the idea of a violent stream of Russian nationalism lurking just below the surface is partly a creation of the authorities themselves. Quote, the nationalist movement is a quite divided movement that has many problems. One of the most important problems is connected with the fact that it is completely infiltrated with an enormous number of provocateurs introduced by the secret services in order to control the movement, he said. And the majority of the obviously extremist things that they say are said by these provocateurs. It was Antifa sluts. They fucked the uh, <laughs> the the protesters with yeah. LSD in their pussy, and uh, <laughs> the protesters do bad things. It's riot pussy sluts. I call for realistic <laughs> agenda, like we're sending Borat to Gulag. I do. <laughs> I'm not one of these pie in the sky Russian provocateurs who say, yeah. maybe don't kill every single Chechen. <laughs> okay. Paul Goebel. <laughs> Good name, brother. 
<laughs> Such a United States name. A U.S.-based expert on ethnic relations <laughs> in Russia. <laughs> They're a dark Says people the con- and they must be killed has been our foreign policy yeah. for 100 years. Why would we change it now? Yeah. Uh, he says the country's liberal opposition has failed to win broad support over the years, in part because it has not addressed issues that are, imp- that are important to the ethnic Russian majority. Like, once he again, no- doing the Holocaust to Serbians. Just yeah. like- <laughs> uh, he believes Nalvani's uh, open approach to such issues could be politically successful, but cautions, <laughs> but cautions he shouldn't dismiss the danger of extremism too cavalierly. Cavalierly. <laughs> This guy is the extremist. The only positions this guy has are these ones, which are just like, yeah, we're going to kill every single Armenian. Again, we'll do it better than the Turks. Yeah, and the United States, um, <laughs> the United States expert, of course, says, yeah, yeah, this do is the, good. Do this the ethnic cleansing. Of course, yeah, I'm an expert. Yeah, as a racial expert on Russians, they are a racist <laughs> people who believe that they must dominate in everything around them. If you actually examine the skull of the Tartar, you will find that it gives them a predisposition <laughs> to crime. Yeah, literally, literally. He's talking about the servility gland and shit. <laughs> All right, he goes on. If someone who is as high profile as Alexei Navalny has become has become, uses ugly words to describe ethnic minorities, and appears to appeal directly to some of the most fundamentalist values of ethnic Russians, then there is a real danger that extremist elements, which I'm quite sure Navalny himself would condemn, will see that as a sanction for their uh, behavior, Goebbels says. What could be more extreme than what this man believes? I couldn't even comprehend than the things he said and refuses to go back on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's the only thing he regrets is not using PC uh, words. Yeah, this real dangerous of extremist elements that he would condemn. Like what? They came up yeah. with a different slur for Armenians than he did, and therefore there is a divide in the uh, Russian Nationalist Party, something that is completely funded by the FBI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Navalny has also at times seemed insensitive to the historical echoes that words like deportation have to some national groups within Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, certain people don't like being told that they'll be removed from the country under your administration. (laughs) It triggers them. I like that 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 implies that certain people don't care. Yeah, certain people are like, (laughs) alright, whatever. Um, this is the last paragraph here. Longtime rights activist, oi vey, Lyudmila Alexeyeva attributes some of the 37-year-old Navalny's apparent aggression and prickliness to a lack of experience. Quote, quote this ho- yeah, he's just prickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we need smooth. Yeah. This harsh, even annoyed tone of his characterizes Navalny as an inexperienced politician because an experienced politician answers any, even the most outrageous questions, calmly with a polite smile, she says, and he only benefits from doing so. <laughs> Apartheid is good if you can say it with a smile. Exactly. Yeah, they, they, they want this guy to, like, go to, like, uh, like, brunches with Georgians, but then, like, I don't know. That's the other thing, though, is, like, they would have to go to war with Georgia. Like, they don't have it. It's not theirs. <laughs> it's, it's not in <laughs> Russia. It's another country. <laughs> this guy is an agent of the uh, IMF. 
Yeah, th- this guy is awesome. And he wants further about... neoliberalization of Russia. I'm going to recite to you guys in closing here an interview that Navalny gave in September of 2012 with the uh, United Russia Deputy Duma leader, Andrei Isayev, in which Isayev tries to get him to say if he believes in anything at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the Deputy Duma leader being a position sort of like, I don't know, House Majority Leader, let's say. Right. Isayev asks... What do you consider yourself, a liberal, a nationalist, or a socialist? Uh, Navalny replies, Andre, I consider myself a responsible citizen of the Russian Federation. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's Pete Buttigieg. Isayev yeah. replies, yeah, literally. Isayev replies, I can't accept that. There are political positions. And then Navalny cuts him off. <laughs> we have found a key difference between us. Let me answer the question. This is a key difference. You, like former Moscow Mayor Yuri Luskov, Prime Minister Dmitry Mendeleev and Putin. You like anyone who maintains your seat in the state Duma. Zayev replies, that's not true. But in that case, you like the United States of America, which keeps you afloat in any movement politically. Hmm. <laughs> what, what could that mean? What could he be hinting at there? <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the last decades this has been like public knowledge in Russia. But now we've got... Yeah. Well, what I think Navalny's rise and all this craziness in Russia right now really boils down to is the Democrats won the election. This election mm-hmm. between Joe Biden and Donald Trump maybe was more about than anything at all specifically which way our current Cold War which would be facing. Mm-hmm. The conservatives, they're going China, China, China. China's the number one enemy. It's China we need to do war with, uh, which at least yeah. that's rooted in the reality that, uh, yeah, they are going to surpass us, but what they don't understand is they deserve to. versus the liberals who are just like uh russian interference has kinetically ended our election and we will be canceling democracy so uh i'm still with her can seize power Uh, but because the democrats are of course the party of bipartisan compromise and not believing in anything they'll be continuing their cold war with both russia and china at the same time we love it when the american parties can come together to do sanctions and wars against two other countries don't we folks we love this. oh yeah Oh, yeah, we love it. And, uh, hey, Putin, uh, just keep his fucking cringe lord in jail, uh, because I want to go to Georgia one day. So uh, keep his uh, fucking sweaty palms off Tbilisi, and uh, I don't know. (laughs) Thank you very much, sir. This guy's campaign's going to get caught with briefcases filled with $100 U.S. bills. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So he's doing racism, and he's funded by the CIA, and uh, he's otherwise an irony bro inventing slurs. (laughs) It sounds like he's one of those post left guys. He's a little great on the podcast. It doesn't matter if you get caught; you're already in charge. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, this guy's got a sick Twitter account. This is Thomas. (laughs) This is Thomas. In closing, uh, Sayev asked Navalny how he went to Yale University in 2010 for a six month scholarship, and uh, who paid for that scholarship? He is Pete Buttigieg. Hold on. Yeah, wouldn't you know? He didn't know. Yale. He doesn't know how he got to Yale. Hmm. I was poisoned by a group of Chechens and I woke up in Yale. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was it was the winter. I didn't think I was anywhere different at first. <laughs> it was all paid Man. for by a political group in Russia that's name directly translates to the shoe stuff. Oh my goodness. In closing, this is a comedy podcast. Navalny, you're welcome to be our fourth mic. <laughs> I'm excited for him to be a uh, sort of an Eastern uh, Guido. (laughs) 
Oh, God. We have a Guido for every season. We have one in charge of transportation <laughs> now, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, Putin, uh, you know, he goes with the other strong leaders and he sends them walking in the direction of Jack Ma. <laughs> uh, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Nice. This guy's in fucking Skull and Bones. Absolutely. This guy is in fucking Skull and Bones, which means he fucked the Skull and Bones, folks. <laughs> which, like, between cultural differences between here and Russia, like, it was very confusing for him to have to do that. They have their own weird, like, shameful sex parties. They don't have to, like, beat off into skeletons in Russia. There's no sex yeah. in Russia. Everyone lives too far away. There are just ramps on the <laughs> Everyone highways. Lives and whoever performs away. the best dash cam video becomes the king of Russia. With all the CIA's money, he can't beat Putin. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Boomer Death Squad. You can follow us on Twitter at Boomer Death Pod. I've been Joe. I've been Danny. And I've been Matt. Remember, folks, no Russia. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Toodles. Have you ever been to American wedding? Where's the vodka? Where's marinated herring? Where's the musicians that got the taste? Where's the supply that's gonna last three days? Where's the band that life on fire? Gonna keep it going 24 Like this.